What we're going to do is today we're going to talk a little bit, but I thought I should probably backtrack ever so slightly. As was mentioned, my name is Christian, um, and some of you are asking a very valid question, which is, who on earth is Christian? Um, as Ryan mentioned, it's been a little while since I did one of these. Exactly, almost exactly, two years. I know, right? So, let me introduce myself. Christian, with a K, for those of you taking notes, it's important we get our spelling right. We pray for teachers, they thank you for it. I'm married to Pippa, she's sat over here. Um, all right, I get it as well. I don't know why she married me either. Smoking hot. I've got Joshua, my son here. Joshua Jack Courage, a.k.a. JJ, a.k.a. Schwa, the man, the icon. And uh, he's just having some snacks. It will look like he's eating crisps, but he's not. They're organic because 21st century parenting, right? Um, the, uh, I'm also the owner slash father figure of Nala the Vishla. Um, the potentially the most energetic, borderline schizophrenic dog uh, who ever walked this fair planet. So that's me, a little bit. Also, I felt I should explain just in passing, um, for those of you who heard me speak a couple of years ago and then wondered where on earth I went, um, I felt like I should explain briefly. Um, I've been sat at the back wearing a baseball cap, looking like a celebrity in disguise. It's not, it's because I'm lazy, can't bother to do my hair at the weekends. But... I've been here, I've been here, but I felt like I needed to be quiet for a minute. And I know what you're thinking, just in case anyone wants to give me some banter later, you wish I'd still be quiet. All right, that's not kind. Um, but what happened was I did two talks in a row and they were my sweet spot for topics. It was about God and work. And I was like, this is what I've been building to. This is me. Like, I love work. I love God. This is it. And I couldn't work out why it was such hard work to prepare for them. And it felt like, I don't know if you've ever, um, the only way I can describe it is if you go running again after not running for a couple of years and you're like, am I going to be sick? Am I going to pass out? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Like, what's the vibe here? I'm not, I'm not quite sure. And I did the talks. And my usual process um, is that I will download the podcast. I'll listen to it once. I'll load my Evernote and I'll critique myself. And I'll say what went well, what didn't go well, what I'd change next time. Sounds awful, but hey, we're trying to improve, right? So I then delete it, never listen to it again, because there's nothing worse than listening to your own voice. Um, and I couldn't listen to those ones. I was like... I don't even want to listen to those. And I was sat in my garden, and I had my back against the wall, painting a picture. I wasn't painting a picture. I'm painting a picture with my words. I can't paint. Um, and I was sat there, and I was praying, and I was like, God, like, what? Like, this is my jam. Like, oh, those were my topics. What was going on? And I felt like God reminding me of some memories. I don't mean like an out-of-body, like, playing through a story. I mean, he literally reminded me of some things. I came back to church when I was 16. I was always in and around it, but I only went because I was worried God was going to smite me. Um, and I carried on going. I kept on going, kept on going, kept on going. And then at 16, it became real for me again. I'd rush home from college every single day, and I'd watch God TV. I know some of you are going to think that's weird, but for me, it was so vital. I'd watch a youth ministry from Canada. I'd listen to the songs. I'd hear the talk, and it really fed me, really grew me. So whatever you think about God TV now, I'm ever so grateful for it because I know that was so important at that time in my life. And my spirituality stayed roughly, not the same, it developed, it grew, but it was fairly consistent to what it was between 16 and when I stopped doing talks at about 30. 
And the question God asked me in that garden was, what are you going to do to prepare your spirituality for your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s? I mean, I'm going to head towards 150. Amazon are going to be delivering body parts and organs by that point, aren't they? So, <laughs> so, so I was like, what am I going to do? And actually, it felt like I needed to be quiet for a little while. Not that it was a big deal. Not that I was like going to do one more talk and be like, friends, goodbye, mic drop, boom, and then leave. It was just a quiet thing. And actually, that's been wonderful because at 16, I started doing talks and it's always been a really public thing of working out what God's saying to me in that forum. I've gone on for ages about it. I didn't want to, but I wanted to explain to some of you who weren't quite sure. I weren't quite sure if you could ask me where I'd been. I've been here, baseball cap, messy hair. God's revealed some brilliant things to me in that time. And actually, it's been out of a place of quiet, which has been wonderful. Um, I've started to explore what meditation looks like for meditating on the psalms saying what is God doing for that silence for that quiet I started to obviously walk my mental dog because she needs those two hours a day so I'm out in nature more and I'm saying who are you God in nature all those wonderful things haven't landed on the final answer yet but it's a wonderful thing to work it out that's the last two years let's talk bible shall we today we're going to go from mark four if you're reading along I'm going to be reading out of the ESV um, because I like it um, and also I think it's helpful because otherwise, not the ESV is helpful, it is Bible, but um, I think it's helpful when people just say ESV because otherwise you get your Bible out, you start reading and it's another translation and it's just confusing. It's particularly confusing when someone reads, I don't know if anyone remembers the street Bible, right? So the street Bible was like urban speak, um, urban speak from the early noughties. And so Mark 4 would be wagwan blood, man them by the beach. Um, so it'd be really confusing if I was going for that. I'm reading ESV, you ready? Wagwan blood, no, I'm kidding. Um, Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30, 60, 100 fold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. 
But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30, 60 and 100 fold. Now the tricky bit about doing this talk is that you get the parable and then Jesus proceeds to explain it afterwards. So for a talk, you can kind of just go, what he said. I'm going to unpack it a little bit more than that, don't worry. Just be wary of anyone who, if Jesus has unpacked it already and they say, I've got lots of things to add to this, maybe just run. Like there's no better teacher than Jesus, right? But what we're going to talk about is that thing of the seed sowing, growing and all of that stuff. Do you know what the tough part of this is? Is that it would be wonderful if Jesus said, when you sow, and sometimes it falls on the path, sometimes thorns, rock, he said, go and do something else, right? Because it's hard work. That would be nice. That would be good. Because then you can go, all right, I'm going to go and try something else. But he doesn't. So there, he's saying, keep on sowing. Keep on going. Keep on going. Just because those things are happening does not mean that we step away from it. So if we look at the ones, the ones which Jesus lists there, we talk about along the path with the immediate death of the word. The rock, receive with joy, and then the slightest thing kills it off. Thorns, chokes the, word, the growing word, and it dies, and there's good soil for it to grow and multiply. So the question for tonight, Jesus has unpacked part of the story, so we'll just do a bit of application and then go home. What are you sowing? Where are you sowing? I love that thing of praying for the teachers. I love that. I'm still, even though I, uh, God, called, look, God asked me to rest for a minute after doing those, I love my work. I love going to work, and I feel that part of my calling from God is my work for now. And I like that. I always talk about spheres of influence. So you, in your home, and in your work, and in your relationships... You have a sphere of influence. You have people that you can impact, that you speak into their life, either good or bad. You can go either way on each given day. I'm really sorry, I'm really wobbly on this because I keep referring to guitars when I do talks, but the leads are all jambly, and I'm uh, worried I'm going to take out Parkin's guitar and it will make him sad. Um, so I'm going to do some hops. Um, but you've got a sphere of influence. You've got a space in which Jesus has called you. It might not feel like a calling every single day. And your question for God may be, why on earth did you call me here? This sucks. But I don't believe that God makes mistakes. And I believe that where you are is where you are to be investing and sowing out that good word. What's the good word? That Jesus is incredible. That God created the universe, continues to sustain it that in his birth, life and resurrection, Jesus defeated death permanently. Absolutely flatlined death. And we still live in that today, right? That's good news, right? You want to sow that out there. Why? Because it's a game changer. It's an absolute game changer. If you don't receive that news with absolute joy in your heart, then... Do you know what? Keep praying, keep worshipping, because that revelation changes everything. Where are you sowing? You're sowing every single day. How often should you be sowing? All the time. What does that look like? You aim to be Jesus every single day with every step that you take. Not to be Jesus, that was sketchy ground. To be the voice and feet of Jesus 
to bring his light and love and goodness with every step that you take. When we talk about what Jesus is asking us to do, you go into the staff room tomorrow thinking about the teachers. My mum is a TA um, and she goes into the staff room. And what does it mean for her to be a Christian in that space? Right? That's pretty tough because it's very easy in a staff room environment to kind of get into groups, get into cliques and to say what you don't like. And actually, it's a stressful job. Like, it's a really stressful job. I was a children's pastor for a few years and uh, I survived it by essentially letting them do what they wanted. Um, So, right, children, we're going to go back into the church. Everyone sprint as fast as you can at the preacher. Just stop him. Just stop him. He's still going on. Take him out. Um, For Jesus! Um, And uh, I, I understand that working with children can be stressful. Why? Because they don't really feel like doing what you want them to, Right? They have their own personalities and it's not the job to crush it, it's the job to develop it, to let it grow, give it space, but also give them guidance. That's tough. That is tough. So what does being Jesus in that staff room look like? It's speaking with love, joy, peace, faithfulness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control in every single bit. Hey man, doesn't the head teacher, isn't he rubbish? No. Do you know what? He's under stress as well. Let's speak life about that. You don't have to say, let us sit down and pray for him because actually... That can be something that sends people off and say, oh, no, that's not me. I knew you were a weird Christian. (laughs) Be normal. And what does being normal mean? I'm not going to list the fruits of the Spirit again. Yes, I am. Be loving. Be kind. Care. Care deeply. Why? Because it's what Jesus would do, I believe. It would be wonderful if Jesus said, when it gets tough, just do something else. Keep sowing, keep loving, keep going. You've got this. As we were talking about there, when Ryan was talking about the offering, he's saying it might not be for now, but it might be for later that it impacts you. Every single time that you find yourself going, Jesus, why am I here? Because you're sowing something. You're sowing light. You're sowing goodness. I've got so much love for all the people that work here in TLA. When we first moved to Littlehampton, uh, there was all kinds of things uh, in, in the papers and stuff about, about TLA. And what I love is, is that every single week we commission people to come back into here and say, I'm going to be light, I'm going to be love, I'm going to attempt to be who Jesus would call me to be in this space and to sow that goodness, sow it out there. People that get the train into London, that commute, sow out that goodness, sow out that light, sow out that faithfulness, all the love that Jesus would want to show. That's you. I'm not on that train. I'm not in this school. That's you. And that's not, a, that's not a worrying thing. That's an amazing thing. Because in this time, in this space, you are the only person called to that sphere of influence. Not TLA, but your exact sphere of influence, made up of all those people that you know, that you love. That's you. Jesus said, I trust you with this time in history. I trust you living here. And I know you can do it. That's mad, right? The creator, sustainer of the universe said, I commission you to go and be light and be love. Sow out that goodness. Show them who I am. Not necessarily by inviting them to church in the immediate, but by loving them, by being kind, by doing all those wonderful things. There's no promise that it will be easy. 
But there is a promise that Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, is with us every single step of the way, every single day. Turn to him, ask the question. Say, please be with me this day as I go out and attempt to sow light and love for you as I go. Here's the other cool bit about this. Do you know what the consistent between a path, rocky, thorny and good ground is? It's all ground. That's the consistent. The difference is nutrients. It's enriched. Right? We talk about a path. What's the difference between path and ground? Paving slabs. They can be moved. What's the difference between rocky ground and good ground? Rocks. Guess what? Dig them out. What's the difference between thorny, strangling ground and good ground? Thorny, strangly awfulness. Deal with it. Work slowly but surely, chopping that down, enriching that soil, getting to the point of everything being good soil. That's, I realise we've gone into planters' world at this point. I can't help it. I kind of planted a lawn the other day. Yeah, I'm epic. Um, <laughs> although I should say it's the second time I've done it at this house because I didn't do it properly the first time. <laughs> it died. Um, I blame the dog. I blame the dog. Um, but what we have is you go into, I'm going to use the school example again. You go into school tomorrow. Hey, how you doing? How was half term? It's been half term, right? I don't know. I'm not a teacher. That's sad. Um, so, 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 I'm all right. It was pretty rough. This happened. This thing happened. I'm quite glad to get away from my family for a little bit. Oh, why? Talk to me about it. Oh, someone's showing an interest. Actually, do you know what that is? That's a smack on the paving slab with a sledgehammer. Doesn't clear it up, but actually it opens it up. The little glimpse of that ground is there. Oh, it's lunchtime. Here comes that kid who I find completely irritating. Um, oh no, oh, he's got a hoodie up. That means he's going to fight me. No, he doesn't really. Um, hey man, you okay? Yeah, fine, whatever. That's my impression of a teenager, you like that. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Oh, are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine. In that moment, it feels like nothing. But what's happening is that that person knows you care. That's one shovel. Take a rock out. It's not ready. It's not ready for the planting yet. It's not ready to receive that love, that kindness, that generosity that Jesus is shining through you to them. It's not ready. It's a start. Don't always be so focused on the end goal that you miss that each step takes you to somewhere spectacular. No promise that it'll be easy. No promise that you won't find yourself sowing onto ground that you don't want to. But a request. Please keep sowing. Keep sowing love. Keep sowing kindness. Keep sowing goodness in every single way. Every time you go to the checkout, whether you're a Sainsbury's or a Waitrose person, Ebola, um, be kind. Be loving. Ask about their day. Because you know what? The other part of this is that that person getting to know who Jesus is in their, in, to even glimpse him, that might not be you that eventually says, hey, why don't you come to Alpha? Why don't you whatever? Or triggers them asking a question in their room at night at two o'clock in the morning and saying, Jesus, who are you? Actually, you're adding to that. The consistent between the path, the rock, the thorn, and the good ground is that it's all ground. There's just some preparation work needed on the others. And how do we prepare the ground?
but every single morning starting the day by saying, Jesus, who are you? Jesus, who am I? And how would you have me do this day? That's a game changer. That's how Little Hampton gets known for something else. Not for afternoon stabbings and poverty, but for afternoon revival and for an abundance of good things. The thing I love about this church is that we're involved in so many different things, so many different things. And there's so many volunteers that do all that stuff. And there's also so many people that go about their days and just act as Jesus, taking that light and love with them wherever they go. Every single one of us is called. Please don't ever lose sight of the fact that Jesus trusts you with this time, with this space, and says, let's do something spectacular together. That's between you and Jesus. And as a community, we all stand together side by side and ask the question as a community, Jesus, who are you and who are we? In a sec, we're going to take communion. If I could ask the friends who are going to do the bread and wine. I was going to say magic then. That's not what we're looking for. <laughs> Shazam! Um, the, uh, there is no magic in Shazam, just so you know. Um, we're going to take communion in a sec. And one of the things that I believe passionately is that you can't leave your spirituality just to affect you. You can't leave it just there. But also, sometimes it's tough to go out and impact the great big wide world without starting there. So let's take a minute to start. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure why I chose that rhythm, but hey, we're going to start there. For some of you, you feel that the ground of your soul is currently a bit rocky. Actually, do you know what? There's some thorns. Like, it's strangling any good word that lands. Some of you are like, it's just straight up path. Like, it's just, it's barely landing. I don't even know it's there. I challenge you to ask this question. If you feel comfortable, close your eyes or do whatever you do to get ready whilst um, the, the guys come up to, to sort this out. And we're going we're gonna to pray for a sec. Jesus, thank you so much that you call us to sow, to sow your good word. And that's not necessarily by straight up just saying, hey, this is Jesus, but by showing through kindness, through generosity, through all of those wonderful things, who you are. And I pray that we would all acknowledge that great commission which you have put on our lives, to go out and make disciples and actually not just to be driven by the numbers of church attendance or anything else, but by being driven by a smile of a colleague where you know that in that moment you were Jesus to them. Jesus, I ask now that by your Holy Spirit you would minister to each person whether their spiritual life is dominated by path, rock, thorn or good. Lord, that you would reveal that and that you would be able to help them to be able to generate that good soil over this week, over these coming months. Help us to make time for you. Help us to make time for seeking you face to face. 
Jesus, we come to take the bread and the wine now. I pray that we would all remember who you are and what you did, destroying death permanently so it had no more impact when we turn to you and say, Jesus, I believe this is who you are. You are the son of God. And you forgive every single one of my sins that I give to you. Lord, give people the courage to repent of those things and to be able to start afresh, go into this week knowing that they are loved, cherished and forgiven. Holy Father, we pray in your name always. Amen.